Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. It's the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson with you. For the next two hours live in the Kia studios, if you are a fan of baseball, this is your hour to tune into the show. We're going to talk a lot of uh, of baseball as it is officially the first day or the, the or I guess, final day, really. It's mandatory report day for the Atlanta Braves was earlier today as we uh, we finally saw Marcelo Zuna. Danny Echeverria apparently uh, was showed up to camp. He's a part of the Braves uh, minor league plans as he, he might be an option for them to use if they need him. Um, but uh, I, I look, I, I gave you my Marcelo Zuna rant at the beginning of the show. So if you're on the Odyssey app, you can replay. You can go back, listen to that. If, if you want to hear me be insanely frustrated with the excuse Marcelo Zuna has, has given today as to why he struggled last season throwing the ball, but uh, we'll ask Grant McCauley about that as Grant is down in Northport uh, covering the Atlanta Braves, of course, for us here at 929 The Game. We're going to talk to Grant in about 15 minutes from now, uh, ask him about all kinds of different things going on with the Braves as they kick off spring training, get things underway. We get that that shot at uh, redemption, it feels like, that shot at, okay, you know, 2022 did not finish how this team wanted it to go. You get caught up by a streaking, just a streaking hot Philadelphia Phillies team, and now you're looking towards the future. And, and it feels like there's so many different storylines going on with this team right now. Um, also going to ask Grant McCauley about Kyle Wright, because I don't know if you saw this today. Kyle Wright, it was reported by, um, or Mark Bowman of MLB.com, talking to Kyle Wright, uh, who admitted he won't be ready for the start of Grapefruit League. Like He's not going to be ready to pitch, and potentially, we'll ask Grant what he's heard, but potentially Kyle Wright may not be ready to start the regular season, opening weekend. He might be delayed just a bit because Kyle Wright has had a quarter zone shot in his right shoulder back in January. Uh, and because of that quarter zone shot to free up some some actual inflammation, Marcel Ozuna, talking to you, did Marcel get a quarter zone shot? Because we didn't hear about that. 
Kyle Wright gets a quarter zone shot and shut things down for three weeks and has apparently just started picking things back up. A guy who this rotation is planning on relying on quite a bit this coming season. Uh, and so to have him be a bit in question, a l- little worrisome, but uh, I'm going to talk to the eternal optimist, Grant McCauley, like we said, in uh, about 14 minutes from now, we'll talk to Grant, and and hopefully he'll give us a, a clearer picture of what's going on with Kyle Wright, who, uh, according to Mark Bowman of MLB.com, claims he's feeling better now, just is behind schedule based on, uh, um, you know, not throwing for, for three weeks. So it's one of those things to keep an eye on. Of course, we also know with Major League Baseball, um, you know, this offseason deciding on some rule changes, uh, whether it's banning the shift, uh, whether it's uh, the pitch clock that is coming to play now. Uh, and we actually have some sound from one of our own, Max Freed, who talked about the pitch pitch clock and how that's going to affect him this coming season. Never pitch with a pitch clock. It's obviously something that's going to be a learning curve, but I'm excited to get out there for you know just some spring games, whether it's even just shorter outings, just to get a feel of it with the crowd and with things moving around, people on base, of managing the clock and all the other things that kind of go along with it. So it's uh, it's definitely going to be an adjustment, but I'm glad that you know we're going to have a you know a month and a half to be able to figure it out before games start. Yeah, I see. Now the one thing I love talking to Max Freed. Um, he's one of those guys that he's pretty soft spoken in the locker room. He's definitely not going to shout. Uh, you, if if I'm in the locker room catching sound for us, I've got to like have my microphone right in there in the scrum. Otherwise, if if I'm uh, you know if I'm boxed out and I'm having to hold my mic from far away, you're not going to catch Max Freed. But when you actually listen to what he says, like he he gives very thoughtful answers, and this one seems pretty clear when it comes to the pitch clock that MLB is going to implement this season. Uh, you got to get used to it. it. You know there is that little bit of of a rush of of um, not a, not a rush in like adrenaline, but a rush in like okay, I gotta have that that internal clock of let me get myself set, let me get myself gathered, and then uh, step into my pitch. Um, now I I have seen the pitch clock in effect. I went to go see Mike Soroka last season when he pitched for the Rome Braves, and I gotta say, it really did seem to speed things up. Now, I will give benefit of the doubt of I was watching a guy who is a true major league pitcher pitch against high A talent. So there were a lot of strikeouts. In fact, if I remember correctly, um, he only had like two hits, one hit in that game. It's been a while. But what I remember was the pitch clock, something that that – Soroka had to use for that game because that's how they were uh, playing things in minor league. It, it just it speeds things up. And I remember getting through the first, I want to say it was like four innings of that game in an hour. It, it was honestly, it was one of those. Now, I had because I had to do some coaxing to get my wife there because I, 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 you know, we were just going to go up from, uh, from where we live, just shoot up, go up to Rome, watch the game. And it was on like a Tuesday night. And I was like, no, I really want to see Mike in person. I'm going to see how that looks. Um, and yet, I got to say, his entire pitching performance, I believe, took an hour and maybe 10 minutes for, for 
all four innings that, that Mike Soroka threw. Or, uh, no, was, I think we waited an extra 10 minutes to see if he was going to come back in the fifth, if I remember correctly. I think that's what it was. So it really does. It speeds up the game. It gets things going faster. Um, is it going to dramatically, you know, are we cutting an hour off baseball games? No. But if you cut 20 minutes off, is that worth it? As a fan, I say yeah, because I don't need all of these long, you know, guy grabbing the, the rosin bag, uh, you know, guy, you know, checking his belt, a guy stepping in and out of the box two or three times, um, walking around the circle. I don't need all of that. So I, I'm in favor of this rule change. Honestly, I didn't have a problem with any of them. The, the bigger bases, the, uh, uh, the, the banning of the shift, um, because I'm going to ask Grant McCauley in about 10 minutes from now about one of the ways that I've seen that teams might counteract the shift and do something in the outfield that's technically legal. I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. But uh, as, we, as we get this Braves uh, audio react, I also want to listen to the skipper, uh, listen to manager Brian Snicker as he talks about the guy who I was just mentioning, Mike Soroka, and how you know that rehab process and, and how they're treating Mike Soroka as he feels like the most interesting uh, piece in this Braves team coming into spring. You know, we have a lot of time, you know, and like last year when we were trying to do a condensed spring training, now it's good to have the entire allotment of time that we have. So, you know, we I thought, I said my message to the guys is don't try and push through anything because we got time. We've got time. Okay. Um, well, we had time last season. You didn't rush him. So I feel like the expectation for Mike Soroka should be, all right, this is a guy that we can count on consistently in the rotation. This is a guy that we – as Braves fans, should be able to rely on no more. I ah, needs a little bit more. Let's, you know, let, let's send him down. Let's have him pitch in Gwinnett. I'm over that. I'm over that now. It, you know, and, and, it, and it's nothing against Soroka himself. He is a, a great young man from everything. You know, it, it's just that it feels we, we've been held out for a couple of years now from getting to see Mike Soroka pitching the big leagues. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm antsy. I'm, I'm ready to see what we've got. If we've got a, a truly dependable piece or on to the next. Are, are we on to the next? Are we on to the next piece and, and trying to see who's going to fill that spot? Because one of those guys who we relied on for a long time until he just kind of completely fell apart and just lost his mojo, lost what got him in the big leagues, that confidence along with great pitching, but that of, of Ian Anderson. Let's hear from, from Brian Snicker on what he thinks about Ian Anderson coming to the camp. He's not the first and won't be the last that happens like that. Just part of the game. A lot of guys, a lot of them have done that. And, you know, you look back, he had 22 starts, won 10 games, 10-6 when we sent him out. Wasn't going great, but we've seen what he can do, and, and it doesn't hurt sometimes to, like say, push a reset and go back. We did it, Minter did it a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just part of it. Brian Snicker mentioning the exact person that I was thinking of, of, of someone who lost it, went down to the minor leagues, worked on their craft, and then came back up and looked great. And that was one, of course, relief pitcher, A.J. Minter. Uh, so with Ian Anderson, it feels like so often we're, we're very quick to – once a guy gets sent down, like, okay, all right, that's it. We're done. 
just move on, you know, on, on to the next guy. And, of course, it sounds very, you know, I just followed it up talking about Mike Soroka and how I am ready to, like, all right, we're either seeing this or we're not. But that's, you know, we're dealing with injuries and setbacks. And with Ian Anderson, it's it's just, it feels like a mental thing. It's, it's a, um, you know, figuring out why you're struggling, why you're not able to extend those appearances and get back to what we know you do great. I'm ready for it because, honestly, Ian was one of those guys when he came into the majors, when he made uh, his first two starts were against the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Now, granted, both the stadiums were empty, but it just felt like, oh, wow, all right, this guy comes in pitching against the best, and he looked pretty dominant. And I thought he looked pretty great. And then last season, it just inconsistent, very inconsistent, so much so that the Braves had to switch things up. And then you run into the situation of, all right, you've got this embarrassment of riches, and you can you know, turn to a Spencer Strider and, and have the type of season that, uh, that, that Spencer Strider had. Something we'll ask Grant McCauley about in, uh, in, in about five minutes from now. As, as I, as you, can you tell? I, I'm excited that I, I am anticipating this conversation with Grant, who, of course, does a great job uh, covering the Braves for us at 92.9 The Game. Um, and, of course, has his show from the Diamond, which will be starting back, I believe, this coming weekend. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get some answers. And we'll, we'll ask the man himself, Grant McCauley. Coming up next, it's the Dopey Millennials on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. Just one part of the Dopey Millennials. Caleb Johnson here with you tonight. Live in the Kia Studios. I told you this hour is is, is baseball hour. Is, is for finally, it feels like we can we can feel it. We can we can sense it. That baseball is just right around the corner. Spring training. 
um, what games coming within the week, if I remember that correctly, but mandatory day for all players to uh, position players to report to today. So we're going to talk to our own 99 The Game Braves insider, Grant McCauley, of course, also host of From the Diamond, going out to the wadeford.com hotline. Grant, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Great to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, I want to hit the ground running and and talk to you about something that um, I know Mark Bowman put out today, uh, the conversation um, with Kyle Wright. We learned Kyle Wright kind of behind schedule due to getting a, a quarter zone shot in his throwing shoulder, kind of shut himself down for three weeks. Uh, what's the what's the concern level there when it comes to Kyle? And do you see any reason that he might not be ready come opening weekend? No, I, I think that the concern level is relatively low. Uh, I talked okay. to Kyle a couple of days ago. He's in very good spirits and, you know, excited about really kind of picking up where he left off. In fact, when I talked to him, he said that, you know, I really feel like even though he won 21 games, you know, he's like fixated on a couple of starts where, yeah, I'll let him get away from me, but, you know, hopefully that won't happen as much this year. And I'm thinking to myself, so you win 21 games. You're the only 20-game winner in the major leagues. you got to be feeling pretty good about that. But that just kind of shows you the attention to detail that yeah. Kyle has. The ones he was thinking about were the ones that got away. But I guess that can kind of be a, a metaphor for life sometimes. But uh, all of that aside, I think that the, the concern level is relatively low right now. It's a shoulder, though, so it's always something that when you hear a pitcher's dealing with a shoulder issue, you kind of hold your breath for a minute, but it sounds like, you know, he took the three weeks off that he needed to. He has resumed his throwing program, and he will just be a couple of weeks behind where he normally would have been. So this would line him up probably for a start in the regular season on the first road trip, just not in D.C., but in the St. Louis uh, stay instead. Uh, another guy that we're looking to see if potentially, hopefully, finally, he can be a part of this uh, brave starting rotation is uh, uh, Mike Soroka, uh, someone who I rem remember going to Rome, seeing him kind of get this rehab process underway. Uh, where do you see Soroka at this point, and do you expect him as being a, a true viable option to be in this rotation uh, to start the season? I certainly hope so, but I think with Michael Soroka, the thing that you have to look at is, you know, is seeing is believing. And last yeah. year we did get to see him get back on a mound, and I think that was a very important step for him after two years of injuries and rehabs and, you know, tearing his Achilles and re-tearing it just in such a, a fluke way both times. I mean, you just have to kind of wonder if if Soroka was snake bit in, in <laughs> sure. some way. But, you know, his real issue right now is a hamstring on the scale of things that you could be dealing with. I guess it's relatively minor, but – when you think about all the injuries that have been stacked up for him over the last couple of years, including a little inflammation in the arm, uh, once he got through those six minor league starts that kind of ended the uh, even the comeback last year just to try to you know not push it and give it time to calm down. I mean, talking to Soroka at FanFest, he was so excited about being healthy, feeling normal, not having any limitations. And then in workouts, he has his hamstring issue crop up. I talked to Brian Smicker about it. He said, Mike, it's playing catch, but – you know, until they get him in games, they're not really going to be able to size up where he fits into this rotational deal. So you've got Ian Anderson, you've got Bryce Elder, a couple of other names to keep an eye on. Jared Schuster has already gotten some early sim game action against really? some big leaguers. And uh, D uh, Dylan Dodd is another one. He reached AAA last year, a third-round pick of the Braves in 2021. That's kind of, for me, like my heat-seeker prospect. I mean, a third-rounder, that's a relatively high pick, but – 
really piled up the strikeouts across three levels last year. Lefty uh, struck out some uh, some big leaguers on the backfields the other day and looked pretty good doing it. And one of those big leaguers was Ronald Acuna Jr. So anytime you're out there throwing it past one of the best players in baseball, I'm going to go ahead and write your name down in my book <laughs> so that I just have a maybe an idea of where you could fit in at some point in the summer if that, in fact, is a thing that the Braves need. And pitching depth for all clubs is usually a thing that they need over the course of 162. Grant McCauley uh, uh, fitting in with uh, what I would consider the, you know, the part of the, the John Chuckery show that would normally be during this hour of giving you those, those talking points uh, three to six months before uh, you know, your, your, your water cooler conversation. Yeah. So uh, I, I, yeah. I love, uh, yeah, I, I love getting that insight information uh, a little bit ahead of time. Talking with Grant McCauley, of course, our 929, the game Braves insider on the wadeford.com hotline. Um, a pitcher who it doesn't, you know, we don't have to concern ourselves at all with any, well, I'm going to knock on some wood, of any injury or anything just to know that he dominates the field is doing something a little different. He's switching things up, uh, and that is, of course, one Max Freed, who you shared on social media, is beginning to get into uh, learning the pitch comm system. I'm curious mm-hmm. what you've kind of seen uh, with, with Max uh, you know, getting a hold of that, especially as he works with Travis Darno, who I find it funny is, is the one using that now, as he was one of the the guys who was pretty skeptical about this when it when it first kind of hit the major league scene. Yeah, and I think with anything like new technology, it takes a little bit to maybe warm up to it to start to trust it. Among other things, I mean that's a big part for the the relationship that's going on between the pitchers and catchers at all times during a start or during an appearance. But now with these pitch clocks, I kind of wonder if maybe that's one of the either kind of an impetus mm-hmm. to to get into this technology thing and say, hey, let's figure out what we can. But I watched Max throw his bullpen session, and the pitch com, I guess, has different settings, different pitches. But Max, he says, you know, he throws two different types of sliders, one that's sweeping, one that's more breaking. So he had those kind of selected as two different buttons on that pitch com device so that when he got that call – you know, from the catcher, the indicator sign, I guess, if we want to call it that, <laughs> then they knew exactly what page to be on. So that, I think, is important. Um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to talk to him a little bit more about that, but also it kind of got me thinking, and I saw on social media, you know, the PitchCom people were very excited to see Max Freed using their sure. products as well. I think I want to reach out to those guys and kind of maybe get as much as I can some inside info and maybe a little tutorial on PitchCom, how it's, you know, what it's evolving into, because, you know, with technology, they're always looking to improve it and where they see it going in the future with Major League Baseball, because it is, I think, a bigger thing that we're going to see more and more and more of, particularly with the rules changes, the pitch clocks, the pitch timers, all of those kinds of things. Anything that can shave a little bit of time off of that process, I think pitchers are going to be looking into. Talking with Grant McCauley, our 92.9 The Game Braves insider on the wadeford.com hotline. Uh, you know, Grant, you alluded to one of the changes we're seeing coming to baseball this year with the pitch clock, something uh, we listened to some audio uh, earlier of Max Freed talking about that pitch clock and just having to get used to it. One of the other rules coming to Major League Baseball is, of course, the quote-unquote ban of the shift. I saw something earlier this week that really caught my attention uh, simply from the fact of how teams could potentially attack uh, this band of the shift and maybe uh, use an outfielder to come to the, you know, right at the dirt, essentially, to to try to combat some of this and, and still get some of those easy balls that, that shoot through the gap. How creative do you kind of expect Major League Baseball teams to be 
or um, is this more – I guess it's more of like are we going to get what Major League Baseball was looking for of more offense and teams relying on athletes to be athletes, or are we going to get more of this kind of sneaky uh, moving guys around but within the rules sort of thing? I think the teams will be a little bit more cautious with the outfielders, but I would expect for clubs, particularly ones like the Tampa Bay Rays and teams that really rely on this, to maybe throw caution to the wind and, you know, drag the left fielder over and have him in a particular spot. And, you know, it's just like you used to have the third baseman over behind the second baseman and first baseman kind of is that, I don't know what you call it, like the rover type position yeah. that you had in softball. <laughs> maybe they'll try that. But I'll tell you this, somebody pokes the ball over the left field and there's no outfielder out there, they're going to run forever. So I, I just don't know if that'll be seen as much because it's true. You got to put the bat on the ball. It's a lower percentage play. A hitter would have to maybe change his entire approach in order to serve a ball over into left field. But when, and if it does happen, that would probably look like one of the more egregious uses, you know, backfiring usages of the shift that we've probably ever seen. So There'll be a little bit of that, but I think that the biggest thing is they want to reward the ball being put in play. The shift was really tough on hitters. There's still going to be a lot of swing and miss. That's just kind of part of baseball right now. But for guys like Matt Olson, maybe even somebody like Ozzy Albies, who feels like, to me, gets a little pull happy as well, especially from the left side. He could see a few balls be, you know, make it through the, the right side of the infield and pick up a few singles. But I don't see this as – and I talked about this earlier – you know, with Chris Goforth, it's not going to be some seismic shift where all of these hitters are immediately going to change their approach. It's sure. more or less trying to hit to your strengths and put the ball in play. And if there's less fielders in that spot, I think this thing's going to kind of work itself out. But I don't expect this to be a huge numbers advantage for, you know, for left-handed pull hitters all of a sudden getting 30 or 40 hits that they weren't getting in previous years. I just feel like it's it's probably – it's a wait and see, but I don't think we can necessarily expect it to be just this huge amount of base hits that weren't there prior. I think the game is just going to have to continue to evolve a little bit, and we'll see if maybe they give back a little bit of the shift. I kind of felt like limitations might have been the way to go rather than the full ban that Major League Baseball decided to enact this year. All right, Grant, I know you know you're, you're an eternal optimist, um, but we have this situation, at least it feels like a situation to me, with Marcelo Zuna today, who comes into camp on the day, you know, it's mandatory to, to come in um, mm -hmm. and then talks about and blames shoulder inflammation as the issues for his arm this past year. Mark Bowman threw out a tweet that kind of uh, fact-checked that and showed that last year was one of the better years for Marcelo Zuna's arm. Uh, what are your expectations for, for Marcelo this, this season, and what do you – kind of see the Braves treating the situation as we've heard, you know, like Brian Snicker talk about the fact it's open competition there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And I think that's the biggest thing that you, you look at with this is, and I, I wrote about this earlier today and you can find it over on from the diamond.com where, you know, from, from here from Marcel this morning, you know, he is hopeful that he's going to be able to put a lot of the things behind him that has included some off-field incidents and a lack of on-field performance. And at 32 years old, it just feels like he's at a crossroads. So the fact that he did spend a portion of the winter working on his throwing arm, I really did not expect to hear that this morning. So I, I will say on the flip side of the coin, 
The fact that he's doing work on that, that's heartening if you want to use the word. Do I expect him to go from the lower 20th percentile or 20% of the league as far as arm strength is concerned to the upper half of the league? Not really, but any little bit's an improvement. And he does feel like if he has his arm back fuller, healthier, whatever you want to call it, that it would be a benefit. But then again, if you think about Marcel Lazuna and how he best serves this club, it's not playing a lot of outfield. He did look like he was in good shape. I watched the batting practice. Ball was jumping off the bat. Those are great things to see, but you got to get in games. And for Marcel, it's going to be trying to put up numbers that looked a lot more like the hitter that the Braves signed to an extension than the guy we've seen the last two years. He struggled mightily in 2021, then got suspended, came back in 2022. And while he did make hard contact, his walk rate completely cratered. He's not a useful base runner particularly. He's certainly not you know, a, a worthy outfielder that you want out there every single night. There's a liability factor there. He just doesn't seem to be able to put together a a full quality season. He did after coming back from his second off-field incident and that arrest for the DUI. He did look better at the plate than he had since really early April. I don't know what to make of all that other than to tell you when I see a large sample size of at-bats, like we've seen with Marcel, about 750 over the last couple of years as far as plate appearances is concerned, and you're one of the 10 least valuable players in terms of length above replacement, it pretty much tells me where you are right now. And the fact that the Braves own $37 million is the overwhelming factor in why he is still presently employed by the Atlanta Braves. If he does not produce this year over the first probably few months, maybe it finally becomes that, that time where the Braves make a decision of, hey, we're better off with this roster spot than you know trying to get something out of Marcel if he's just unable to produce. So I do think, to make a long story very short, he is at a crossroads, and I think he recognizes that fact as well. That is our 92.9 The Game Braves insider, Grant McCauley. Of course, go give his podcast a listen from the Diamond. Grant, appreciate you giving us some of your time tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you having me. All right. Continuing with the Braves theme, continuing with the baseball theme, uh, I heard an interview earlier this week, and it was funny. When the announcement came that Brandon Gauden was going to be the new play-by-play voice for the Atlanta Braves, I, for one, got really excited because I've played my fair share of Madden, and I know that voice, and I know what that voice can bring to the booth that uh, uh, that Chip Carey moved on from to, to go to the Cardinals. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I can see if I can get Brandon on the show. And literally that same day, Brandon Gauden was in studio with Dukes and Bell. I'm going to let you listen to that interview coming up next. It's the Dopey Millennial Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey app. It's the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson here with you. Thanks to Grant McCauley for giving us some of his time to ease some of my nervousness, I would have to say, about you know some, some things. You, you, you hear about Kyle Wright having a shoulder issue. You just you wonder, is everything going to be okay? Uh, however, one way we know we're going to be okay when it comes to the Atlanta Braves is with the voice of Brandon Gauden, who's going to be the new play-by-play voice 
uh, on Bally Sports. And I wanted to interview him, but Dukes and Bell got to him first. So I wanted to let you guys listen in to Brandon Godden, who was on with Dukes and Bell live in studio. They started off the conversation talking about why this is a dream job for Brandon. When I took the tech job and I moved down here, really the big attraction to Atlanta was the fact that I grew up dreaming about being a Braves announcer. So I grew up in southern Indiana, but I had an aunt and uncle who lived here. And in 1991, we came down, my family and I, to Game 5 of the World Series. Braves won 14-5 to over the Twins that night. I can remember walking into old Fulton County Stadium like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I remember the roar of the crowd when Mark Lemke tripled in the seventh to open it up 10-3. <laughs> And I remember having a foam tomahawk that I was waving out the window of my uncle's car on the drive home. And from that night on, truly, I just fell in love with the Braves. I fell in love with baseball. And then through watching the Braves on the Superstation through the 90s, just like a lot of other kids, I fell in love with broadcasting. It was Skip Carey, it was Don Sutton, Joe Simpson, Pete Van Weren, and those were my idols. And I would play in the foyer of my home in Evansville every day, acting like I was a Braves and acting like I was Skip Carey announcing the game. So to say today that is a, a dream come true long fulfilled is an understatement. <laughs> that is awesome. It's so much fun to meet folks. If you wear a Braves cap and you're on the West Coast or in Vegas or something, you see somebody, and they have got that same connection to the Superstation. And I loved, we loved Skip Carey because, first off, love the dry sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, they, there's a website that posts some of the old videos on Twitter, which is hysterical. So, yeah, and you, you're coming into a really great time to be a Braves fan. Oh, yeah. How excited is this for you? I mean, the, the run they're on right uh, now. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like five straight NLEs titles, obviously the World Series two years ago, and I think what Alex Anthopoulos and Derek Schiller and everybody's building there is just pretty impressive, the guys that are signed to long-term deals. So selfishly right now, it is a great time to step in this chair. What I told him during the interview process, because we discussed, hey, what if there's a season where things aren't so great, you know, five years down the road and the Braves are 10 games under 500 and 10 out of first place, and what I told them is, look, that's that's my job to still bring the passion and energy. And you can't always wear rose-colored glasses because the fans are going to know when things aren't good. They're not stupid. Um, but it's my job to portray this uh, franchise in a positive light and represent the team as best as I can, and I can't wait to do that. Brandon Galton in studio with this guys. It's Dukes and Bell. Um, as we said, he's done a lot of different things. To me, all right, and the Braves' job is cool. <laughs> but when you – are in millions of homes and people don't even know that like that's you it's kind of cool like you yeah. could be in the airport and like hey you play madden <laughs> and the kid's like yeah i play madden i'm the guy on madden that is really cool yeah it's been a blessing to be able to do that i've been able to be on the game since 2017 and charles davis who's the cbs analyst is the guy that does it with me and we become good friends through the process but that's one of those jobs people always say oh is it like calling a game and it's totally different calling a game you are reacting to what you're seeing right when we do the madden lines you are in a studio you're basically like a singer although i can't sing but you got a producer and a director on one side of the glass you're on the other side of the glass and you guys have read a ton of scripts you're just reading a script and sometimes it's like you're reading a phone book over and over and over. Because you so have to do it for every team. Every so team, it's second every and two, player. Second yeah. and three. And second, second and three. Second and four. Second and four. <laughs> yeah. Brady back to pass. Brady right. throws to the right. Brady over the middle. <laughs> and so sometimes people will hear me on Madden and they'll say, Huh, you sound more like a robot. Your lines are really repetitive. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's it's different than a real game. Uh, but it in all what, seriousness, what's my motivation? It's third and ten, right? You know I mean? But in all seriousness, yeah. it's been an incredibly cool gig. I mean, something. I look at the guys who did it before me, and they're just icons. So to be able to have the opportunity to do that has been really cool. Uh, but it is 
totally different from actually sitting in a booth in a stadium and calling a game. How much fun do you have doing the Big Ten? Because Big Ten basketball is still pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm originally from Indiana. So, like, I feel and, – and Big Ten Network and Fox has been great with me through this process. They knew about this Braves opportunity the last couple of weeks. And they're going to let me, when the when it's off season for the Braves, to continue doing games for them for the NFL and for college basketball. So, to have the roots kind of both where I'm from, doing Big Ten hoops back home, but then really where my heart is here in Atlanta with Braves baseball now, it's like – the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, and you're fortunate because you know sometimes they make you give up these jobs. Yeah, <laughs> and, I've uh, heard rumors. Yeah, heard rumors. and so right. that's really cool, guys. We're talking to the uh, new play-by-play announcer for the Atlanta Braves telecast on Valley Sports South and Valley Sports Southeast. Um, are you going to make your way down to Northport and have a chance to be down there with the Braves this spring? Yeah, actually, my, the first call that I received was from Jeff Francoeur, and Frenchie called, and he actually, I didn't have his number on my phone, and I answered it, and he didn't even introduce himself. He just goes, oh, boy, you better get used to this voice. And I said, I know exactly who that is. I've heard you a lot. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, we don't broadcast any games on Bally's for the preseason until – the 23rd of March, I think, is our first spring training game. We do four of them. So we're going to head down there. I've got to finish basketball. I've got the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament, and that ends for me on the 19th, and then I'll go down there, get a few days, boots on the ground, meet the team, meet the staff. Because really, look, this, especially baseball more so than the other sports, it's about relationships. I mean, when you're calling 162 games, you really need to know the team, the players, share the stories with the fan bases. So I want to get down there and be able to do that before we we have a telecast. It is Brandon Gordon with us, guys, live in studio. He is the newest Carl Mentor play-by-play voice, and as we said, we just we have a great relationship with uh, everybody, Paul Bird and Moylan and Frenchie and yep. Brian. It just seems like it's a really collegial vibe right now at the, at the network. Yeah, and, you know, Brian Jordan, I haven't had the chance to talk with him. I've met him. He wouldn't remember meeting me when I first moved to town. We played in a golf scramble together. But did, I, did he, I, there's did he a, take your money? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was as he, bad as I was. Oh, happened. Okay. Um, but I will tell Brian this story, but I haven't yet, and I, nobody knows this story except my immediate family. Uh, when I was 14 years old and the Braves were playing down here, or they were down in for spring training in Florida, I flew into the Orlando airport. I'm with my grandfather, and I see Brian Jordan. And I was a big Brian Jordan right. fan playing for the Braves at the time. But I was too scared to go up to him. But my grandfather said, no, 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 you're the biggest Braves fan there is. We're going to meet Brian Jordan. So I got a piece of paper and a pen for him to sign. And I remember going over to Brian Jordan, and my grandfather said, Mr. Jordan, I want you to meet my grandson. Someday he's going to be the TV play-by-play voice of the Atlanta no Braves. And, uh, wow. and I, I mean, that's, that's one of the – and the day that I got the call that I would be doing this job was my grandfather's birthday. Wow. He's, he's since passed, uh, but he meant the world to me, and that was a special moment when that call came thinking about that memory with he and Brian Jordan, and now you fast-forward all these years later, and here we are. Right. So. It's uh, what a great time to be doing it. Also, in the game, it's funny. We were just talking yesterday about the rule changes with baseball. So you step into the broadcast with maybe things picking up yeah. the pace. Yeah. So you don't have to fill as much <laughs> as one used to in baseball. You, you know, but there will be a different cadence to that mm. of if just sometimes you feel like you got so much time in between a pitch, and now you may have five, six seconds less, which seems like, oh, that's not much time. But over the course of a game, yeah. I mean, base minor leagues, it shortened these games by 22 minutes. Right. So I don't know that it's going to have that big of an impact first year at the major league level with the pitch counts. Um, but I think that it, it's – look, the purists, we get it. They're, they're angry. They're not sure about this. The bigger <laughs> bases, what's it? Oh, there's not 90 feet in between the bases. And I get all that. I'm, I'm an old-school baseball fan myself. Yeah. 
but they address I, to me they're addressing or at least trying to address the need of trying to get more fans back in on TV in the in the stadiums and I think this is a good way to do that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, catchphrases? Do you, have, do, you, do you have any? No, somebody else asked me that. Uh, yeah. You know, and and I really think those happen have to happen organically, especially when you're with a team. Like if you're doing a national broadcast and you have something that you go back to once or twice, that's fine. But I think over time with Frenchie and I and the rest of the guys, you know, nicknames will develop, fun things will develop. I'm mm-hmm. sure catchphrases within the Braves will will d- develop, and I'm going to let those happen organically. But I'd be lying if I sat here and told you that I've got things up my sleeve. I don't I don't want right. to prepare anything or have a something corny to, for for Freed or anybody else. I'll just we'll see what happens as the season progresses. Acuna! Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say Brandon Gunn's with us. I mean, he's going to go full Brock Meyer on us. You know, and it's a long fly ball to right there's a Rocky Mountain yeah. refreshment right there. I mean, obviously, product placement is key, but I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, again, you're living in Buckhead, you know, don't put your business out there, but to be close to the ballpark yep, and everything and still yep. able to do all the other things, and you'll be able to do, I guess, so baseball comes first, so you'll still yep. be doing baseball in September. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, look, when I took this job, I told them, they said, well, you got this other stuff going on with Fox and Big Ten Network and Madden. How do, how do we fit into the picture? And I, I told them, no, 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 the Braves is the epicenter of what I'm doing. Like, if I take this job and you guys want me here, this is number one, and that then that's going right. to be the truth. The other stuff will fit in around the Braves, and I've been here since 2013 in Atlanta, so this is home. Cool. This is home. Well, we are happy to have you. Congratulations, thanks, guys. Um, I know it's a big deal, man, and and like I said, it, it, your heart it's going to be going. <laughs> gonna, oh yeah, it's going to oh, yeah. be going. That but in first a good game. way. But no, in a good way. it's it's in great, man. Way. Congratulations on all the success. Appreciate and for it. those again who don't know, next time you play Madden, this is the voice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and guys, you're hitting us up on the text line saying that's my guy from Madden. So get on it, guys. And you can also follow Brandon on Twitter and say hello. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.